Welcome back to another edition of the Disney Dish Podcast with Jim Hill. It's me, Len Testa. Today we're uh, in Disney's Hollywood Studios walking through the animation courtyard, talking about what's happened here lately and what's coming up. But first, James and I are walking past Hollywood Brown Derby, the signature flagship restaurant of the studios. James, it uh, it's only, what, 10 o'clock in the morning? This place already smells fantastic. Again, it's all I can do not to go in and grab some grapefruit cake. <laughs> This started off as sort of the signature eatery of the park. And it, and it still it still is. It's kind of interesting in that you think about signature eateries at the other parks, right? Like La Cellier in Epcot or Cinderella's Royal Table in the Magic Kingdom. Those aren't the signature eateries anymore. But this is. And it, yeah. So is that because that all of the other places are generally uh, more family forward? Yeah. And the feel in here they trying to keep that old Hollywood feeling, you know, ah. between the caricatures on the wall. And right. they still do the bit with they carry the phone around, right? Bring it to the table. They're almost to test your call. <laughs> exactly. All right, Jim, we're in Animation Courtyard. Attractions here include Voyage of the Little Mermaid. We've got the uh, Star Wars launch bay. And then we've got the Disney Junior show that's coming up. This is the D- Disney Junior dance party that's coming up. But right now, we the only thing we've got here is uh, Sophia, the first character greeting. Yeah, but what's interesting, we were in here last night. You've got... Meet and greets with Doc McStuffins, with Mickey Mouse Roadster Racers, with Sophia the First, but the longest line of the night, Vampirina. 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 That's a Disney Channel. Uh, it's, they're all Disney Channel stars. Oh, you're right. It's uh, you're walking. We're walking past this. The uh, the uh, come meet Vampirina signage is front and center. Yep. Wow. And, and there, there are people rope dropping it. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, that's, wow. What's bizarre? But Vampirina actually came out of Disney Publishing. It's, it was kind of a closed loop. They brought those publishing development. Uh, Disney Junior grabbed it. It's created a guy hit show, which is now in the parks. You have this most unlikely Disney star, this purple skinned girl with ponytail shaped like bats, but people love her. But there's people rope dropping it, and there's uh, there's no line for any other character greeting. Yeah. In fact, there's no line for anything else in Animation uh, Courtyard, except for uh, the Vampirina. Jim, let's, uh, let's walk through uh, uh, Star Wars Launch Bay, and let's talk about, one, what was Disney's objective here two years ago when this opened, and what's, what is its objective when Galaxy's Edge opened? So, two years ago, mm-hmm. I think it's safe to say this was opened because they needed things for people to do. Oh, no, absolutely. Again, you've got the brand new land rising up that perhaps people aren't as familiar with the characters as they should be. Right. So this was supposed to be your opportunity. This is um, a training session for the characters. Yeah, so, Ah, interesting. And would you say that uh, that this has fulfilled the what Disney wanted out of the uh, out of the Star Wars launch bay? Did it do what it was supposed to? For a placeholder, it was great. The tough thing, of course, is that when Galaxy's Edge opens in late 2019, this all becomes redundant, you know, and you have this giant facility that, what do you do with this? And it's right in the heart of the park. Right. Well, they can't, they're not going to close it with, uh, with the crowds that are coming. Right, they're not going to close. This could be the thing that, that sucks people up. It will be a blow-off valve. I'm told yeah. that you, you can anticipate that this will remain open for 18 months. After, after, after that, Galaxy's Edge opens. Okay. Yeah, all bets are off. Right. So we're walking through Galaxy's Edge. We see a lot of memorabilia. Some of the set pieces are fairly large. The uh, the racers over here are full-size replicas, or they, they actually came from the movies. We've got other uh, set scenes. We've got the uh, the uh, cantina here where you can take pictures with blue milk. If you're in here at the right time, you run into a Jawa, which you can trade with. Oh, that's funny. It's a wonderful space. A taste of what's to come. But Speaking of a, a taste of, uh, of what's to come, we're passing a family who is decked out entirely in Star Wars gear, mm-hmm. walking through the uh, launch bay. Has the movie that's played here 
been considered a must-see for the people who visit? When this opened, The Force Awakens had just hit in theaters, and with the new version of Star Tours, that's the one where they've incorporated scenes from The Last Jedi. In fact, you could experience bits of The Last Jedi before the movie actually arrived in theaters. Oh, you can see previews of it. And so, was it, is it considered generally a success? Overall, yes. If you think about the fact that people get the opportunity to get their photo taken with Chewbacca, or right. Darth Vader, or Kylo Ren, Disney was very excited that this gets the response that it gets. It just it, it bodes well for what's going to happen when the full-blown Black Spire outpost opens. Yep. Your challenge is what happens that 18 months afterwards. Right. It's a one-two punch for the studio. Right. It's Star Wars is basically going to get people here, mm -hmm. but what, what the hope will keep them here is to build on uh, Toy Story Land right. and add at least one more Pixar IP. All right. Speaking of IP, I want to uh, talk about this uh, display case of Stormtrooper helmets that we're looking at here. It's a case of four Stormtrooper helmets going from Fasimus helmet to the AT-AT driver to the Stormtrooper to the clone trooper helmets. I'm looking at this case, Jim, and I'm thinking to myself, this is a retail opportunity. And as we walk out through the stores, Len, your instinct will be proven correct. You know, I mean, <laughs> oh, and there's more helmets over there. There's a, yeah. a Jedi helmet. Can you buy the helmets? You can buy pretty much anything here, Len. And, and really? boy, that's just getting started. How do we exit? Oh, thanks. Exit through the gift shop. Okay, thanks. Now we're walking through the gift shop right now, and I want to see if you can actually buy the helmets. Let's see. Resistance look at that pilot helmet display featuring a helmet you can buy. There's a, is there a price on it? Oh no, over here. You're over here. Okay, sorry. <laughs> See, that's the thing. We it's, there's kind of a seamless transition between oh, from exhibit to, uh, to why yes, look at this. That's a uh, cake trooper helmet, eight hundred and fifty dollars. Well, but let's see if we can buy an actual helmet. Because if we can't, then I uh, I just I need to record here where Disney should send my royalty checks. <laughs> There are probably more people in line here than for some of the character ratings. Yep. Oh, James, I don't, I don't see helmets for sale. We'll run into this exact same thing over at Tatooine Traders. That okay. It's uh, currently closed right now, but yeah, okay. Well, I was in there just yesterday. Oh, so it's open then. Last okay. night, but same thing. Clearly, they pulled a bunch of shelves out, getting ready for a new retail program. Right. Sadly, there is not yet anything that says Galaxy's Edge. Okay. But we're, we're more than a year out. Yeah, we're I know. We're already a year out right now. I know, but I remember when you'd go to the Magic Kingdom and they changed the Disney Story Theater into a preview center for... Right. Uh, and you could, buy, you could in fact, buy merch out ahead of the opening of Disney MGM, so... Huh, that's, uh, that's interesting. Jim, uh, we're walking past uh, Voyage of the Little Mermaid here. show hasn't been updated since the 80s. Any talk of doing anything new here? Alice was in here a day or so ago, to, I was startled by the reaction this got from the audience. I mean, yeah, it's all, it's all technology. ADA effect. You know, in fact, she was talking about how when they do the laser effect when you go under the sea, all she could think of is like, wow, Pink Floyd. <laughs> lasers. Yeah, lasers. We did a planetarium here and some Pink Floyd. That's exactly the uh, the joke, right? But a full audience of little kids who loved it. Really? And, and also, Disney is, in fact, prepping a new version of The Little Mermaid. In fact, Lynn Manuel Miranda of Hamilton and soon Mary Poppins Returns fame. Never heard of him. Go ahead. <laughs> well, he's supplementing the score. He's working with, with Alan Menken to sort of buff it out. Wow. I think we may be in another Beauty and the Beast live situation where this just continues until it doesn't. So, wow. All right. Well, we'll see what happens.
Jim, we're, uh, we're coming up to uh, Walt Disney Presents uh, from Mickey Mouse to the Magic Kingdoms and beyond. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, we're a little early. It's uh, not quite open yet. Let's, uh, let's end this episode here, and why don't we head over into Toy Story Land and talk about what's going on there. Okay, here we go. All right, folks, you've been listening to the Disney Dish Podcast with Jim Hill. We are produced fabulously by Aaron Adams. Please go on to iTunes or Stitcher or your local wall and write what you would like to hear next and give us some feedback. Again, I hope what you want to hear next is about Toy Story Land because that's where we're going. For Jim, this is Len. We will see you on the next show.